Hello, everybody. It's good to be back here. It's been a while since I've been back here. I miss you guys. Amen. It's good to see everyone. Y'all are looking healthy. (laughs) It's been a great day. We got up super early and flew in and drove three hours and I was getting a little sleepy, but then Zach brought me some sweet tea from Culver's and so I'm ready. So I hope y'all are ready. Because I got sugar in the Holy Ghost in my blood tonight. <laughs> I did an eight mile jog yesterday and prep for this to burn off some energy. And I feel like we're going to have a good time. Amen? Amen. And I had a plan walking into here. And I feel like that plan went out the window as soon as I got in this atmosphere. Because, um, man, Jesus loves you guys so much. You guys understand that? How much the Father loves each and every one of you. Like right now, presently, in this current moment, like he's so in love with you. The good, the bad, and the ugly, like he sees it. He knows. Everybody say he knows. knows. All those things like you're hiding from everyone else. You guys know what I'm saying? (laughs) And he loves you. He's so intensely in love with you. It's ferocious. He's not afraid of what you're hiding from everybody else. He, he wants you to come to him because he's your father. You do understand that, right? He's your father. Everybody say, I have a father. And he's, in, he's interested in you understanding that and learning that because he loves you and he wants you to know that. But I, you know, if we don't get that and really get that for ourselves, this whole thing that we're doing is just going to become a, a, a routine here. It's going to become very religious. Life without relationship, my friends, is dead. Your church attendance is going to produce nothing for you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You guys hear me? Amen? Y'all a little cold and hard. I feel it. It's okay. Amen? Amen? Let's get those juices going. (laughs) And anything outside of relationship that's just growing you into the revelation that the Father loves you and you and Him are walking together and that you could have relationship and intimacy with Him right now and grow in that. Like grow in that. When you leave this room, when you leave this building, you grow in the understanding that He's your Father and He's with you and He's in you. And He promised you, He promised you, it's in the Bible, that He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. Amen? No matter what you're dealing with in this current moment, as dark and dirty, as grimy as it is, he loves you and he's with you. Listen, he's with you and he's in you. He didn't get offended and retreat and say, I'm out of the building. I'm leaving you. You got it on your own. I'll let you take it from here. He doesn't know how to do that. It's impossible for him to do that. Once he seals the deal inside of you, when you become born again and he becomes your father, it's a promise he'll never break. He's with you. He's in you. He loves you. Do you understand that, friends? And that revelation, though, should be growing in you when you leave this building. Because it's great with us getting together and being encouraged and edified. But you got to take it outside of here and do something with it. But if you don't understand that he's your father, listen, he's not just God. You could sing about him all day and reverence him about how he's Lord. But if you don't understand him as father, everybody say father. It's relational. It's intimate. 
It's where you and him grow in the understanding of the revelation of what Jesus paid for. You guys know this. It's in the Bible, but most of us don't know this. Okay. Jesus is the way, the truth and the what the life. But do you realize what he says after that? He doesn't say that once you receive him, you're going to have a, an amazing experience that's going to be filled with you outreaching and evangelism and all of that's wonderful. And we want to see that. But and he doesn't say you're, you're just going to be free from sin and, and be morally right. It doesn't just say that. It says Jesus, the way, the truth and the life had a mission, a mission. This is the mission of the gospel. This is the mission statement of what we believe. The way, the truth, the life had a purpose. To grab you by the hand and introduce you to the father. Because he says no man comes to who? The father, but by him. He didn't intend to introduce you to a religion where you understood God is Lord. Who's mad at you right now because you're pretty much failing. You know, you're missing the mark. Some of you are missing the mark in here tonight. I could feel it. You listen to me. I, I see you without seeing. It's an old riddle. I could feel it. It's in the atmosphere. There's such a hopelessness that's crippling us because of our compromise. But part of our compromise is existing because we don't know the father. You understand God who's judging everything that you're doing right now. Every like, I haven't prayed enough. I know, man, Pastor Roberta's going to get up here and she's going to talk about prayer. You know it's the Christian thing to do to pray, right? I think we all know that. But he's not interested in you knowing the Christian thing to do. He's interested in you coming to know him as father. That changes your prayer life. That changes your motive. That changes your perspective. When you pursue him knowing he's Abba Father and you're growing relationally, that's when your heart starts to fall in love with him and you don't need your pastor to, to kind of push you into prayer anymore. Amen? Everybody following me? Y'all following me? And, and I feel this so strong that he wants us to know this tonight, that, that it's the Christian thing to do to know you should pray. You should read your Bible. You should be reaching the lost. Like we're going to talk about stepping into the supernatural. But if you don't start with the foundation that he's your father, he's your father, like he's your father. And whether you had a good dad or a bad dad or no dad growing up, that's not relevant because now you have a new dad. And he's a good dad. He knows how to nurture and cherish his children the way that he wants to and bring them up. But his relationship with you is one is father to son and daughter to father. It's not one of I'm Lord in heaven and I'm waiting for you to do everything right. And when you finally get this thing right, when you finally check off that that checklist, you know, you got 10 points. You're on eight and you've got the last two. You're trying to get it. He's not waiting for that for you to know him. He's in you and he's with you right now. And he wants you to grow in that understanding so he can help you get to the next place. But listen to me. He's not interested as much as in the next place as as much as with you right now. His goal is not to get you to the future so that you could do something amazing. His goal is to get you to realize he's with you right now. If you could realize that, your future is going to change. If you start to walk with him right now, talk with him. Man, whenever you make a mistake, see, most of us understand this. When we make a mistake, it's like we're waiting for him to come down on us. Like he's already got his arms crossed looking at you like, boy, you don't measure up. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you're missing the mark. It's like we have this view of him that's so angry with us already. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. He loves you. And his love will convict you. But that conviction is done through sonship. It's done through daughter, son to father relationship that reminds you how good he is. Because listen to me, the only thing that's going to produce true repentance is understanding that goodness. You never love him first, ever. You only respond to how much he loved you. And you'll never be able to change unless you realize how much the father loves you. And this sounds very basic because we could quote this all day. All of us can explain this to someone else. But he's interested in us actually walking in this in our everyday lives. It's something that he's interested in all of us growing in more. Your ticket into the supernatural is understanding he's your father. Because when you know he's your father, you know you're born from above. Like you're not of this world. You operate out of a different system, but he wants to nurture that in you. And, and, and he does it through this wonderful thing that we all know called relationship and fellowship. That has it includes prayer. It includes reading the word, but he's not interested in you doing those things because they're the right thing to do. And, and a lot of us do it from that motive where you're like, man, dang it. Like, I got to read my Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get that time in and check that list off. What are you reading your Bible for? To know him. Yeah. Because that's the purpose. What, what is eternal life? John 17. This is eternal life that you might know him. That you might come to understand him in an intimate relationship for yourself. That you could bear witness to the truth that was alive when Jesus walked. It's alive in you now because he lives inside of you. There's a relationship that's growing and thriving. And, and you start to be drawn into that out of a pursuit of intimacy. And it's the joy of our salvation, really. And I, I feel this, that the Lord wants to restore this weekend the joy of our salvation. Amen? Which means we're going to remember what he saved us from. You can't ever lose sight of that. You can't ever lose sight of the grace that found you when you were at your worst. When you were at the worst place in your life, that's, that's the only place salvation really happens. Because other than that, you think you're okay. You know what I'm saying? But when you hit rock bottom and you finally realize that you are a wretched, vile sinner and you need a savior, that's when grace comes in and Jesus forgives you, cleanses you, and makes you a new creation when you respond to the gospel. Amen? But never forget that he found you in the most miserable, wretched place that any human being will ever be in. You were lost and you needed a savior. Amen? And when we forget that, the joy of our salvation gets a little cold and we're not as excited about this thing that we're doing here because we've lost sight of grace and salvation and how much he loves you and how much he loves you. He proves it when he saved you, when you didn't deserve it. He sent his son to die for the whole world, knowing that they were in sin. That's where the gospel makes the first move. That's where the love of God finds you. That's when you can truly change, when you realize you need a savior. But knowing that it's the grace of God that found you when you didn't deserve it, when you were at your worst, that's when you experience the most love of the father that comes in and starts to change things and it rearranges your heart and that's where you can receive from him because you don't deserve it and you're never going to be able to earn it 
And I feel like some of us need to remember that because when you grow cold of that, the joy of your salvation just jumps out the window and, and man, life gets pretty mundane and it gets pretty same old and it gets pretty routine. And now you're just dragging by and it's, it's like slushing through the snow out here. Cause I, man, it was 75 degrees when I left Texas this morning, man, like, and out here it's cold and y'all are slushing through this, you know, and I, but I feel the weight of this on a lot of us in here and you're losing sight. Of the grace of God that saved you. That forgave you and not only forgave you, but cleansed you of sin when you didn't deserve it. And some of you have started to point the finger at someone else. And listen to me, you're forgetting about you needed grace at some point in your life. And so you should be extending that to someone else right now. And I feel like the Lord wants us to heart check And start to come back to our first love because first love is he loved you first when you didn't deserve it. And you respond to that. And then the more you encounter that, the more you respond to that. And he always takes me back to that because that's where I grow more from my relationship with him, knowing how much he loved me, how much he still loves me, even when I've made a lot of mistakes in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You all know what I'm saying? Those mistakes you made that sometimes you have a hard time forgetting, but Jesus already forgot and walked away from. <laughs> Amen. Because the blood of Jesus has that power. Like I can think of so many times in my life where I messed everything up after I was saved, after I was saved, I made a horrible mess of things. And you know what I got from the father? Son, I love you. And he would convict me, but he would also prove to me how much he was with me and he hadn't left me. And he was trying to grow me up so that I could see who he was. And that goodness of God, listen, the goodness of God, when I realized I made a mistake and he still loved me, it drew my heart to change. And I started to produce fruit because I was realizing he loved me first. So I'm responding to that now and I'm changing. He loved me first. So I'm going to respond to that and I'm starting to change. That's relational. That's intimacy. That's what the blood of Jesus came to give us all. And I think a few of us need to be reminded of that this evening. That he loves us and he hasn't changed his mind about us. But he wants us to come back, come back. It's like come back to first love. How are you going to come back? to? How do you go back to first love? You remember where he found you when you were the worst. And you let that joy that you once had be restored. The joy of your salvation. When were you saved? Do you remember it? Do you remember the moment you passed from darkness to light and you came out of death to life when the Father breathed in you and you changed? Do you remember that? Because that's what just breeds an atmosphere for you to be, Jesus, you're good. Like, you're good. I am so grateful. I'm so thankful. And everything in your life might not be in order, but you remember how good he is. Because when you were lost, that's when he found you. When you didn't have anything else good, that's when he brought it to you. Amen? And and you're reminded of how good he is. And that just, it, it makes your heart thankful. And that's where he comes and it just, boom, and you guys start to pick it up where you last left it off. And I feel like we need to do a little bit of that this evening. Where we remember. Like where you came from, what what you've walked out of. And not forget that he loves you while you're still growing through things. Amen. We're still growing through things. Y'all are looking at me so spiritual, but I feel it. Y'all are growing through things. And there's a little, there's some messes going on. Amen. And I feel the father saying, hey, I love you. 
He wants to do this with you together. He wants to help you grow up into him. But you're not going to do it apart from him. And you're not going to do it by gritting your teeth, hoping you can get it right by yourself. Finally, you know, I'm going to be strong enough this time. You're about to fall fat on flat on your face again, because it's not your strength that's going to do it. It's your reliance on your relationship with him. And he's in you. But you forget that when you're not getting alone with him. And you start to walk about your days a little cocky, like a peacock, you know, and you're strutting around and, and, and you forget that he's with you. He's in you. And there's grace available for you to tap into to overcome. But it's easy to lose sight of that when you're not in the pocket with him, getting alone with him every day. And he's calling us there, but he's calling us there because he wants you to know the love of the father. He's not calling you there because he's I'm so disappointed at you. You know, Zach, I got to pick on Zach because I mean him know each other really well. But Zach, man, you haven't really been praying, you know, I'm so disappointed. You just you failed me this last six months. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and he, the father's not talking to you like that. He's not even thinking like that. You know what he's thinking? I can't wait to spend time with my children. Today, right now. Yeah, but I, I, I have, it doesn't matter. Wait, but I missed six months. It doesn't matter. Today is the day of salvation. And the Father has no existence in the past. He's only in the present and into the future. He can't live back there. But we, that's where most of us live, is what we didn't do yesterday determines what we do today and it totally sabotages our future. I hope you guys heard that. And we need to get our minds out of yesterday and pull it into today. What is today? Today is the day of salvation. Today can be the day of great change in your life. And it's as simple as responding to the father in a moment and letting him grow that intimacy in you where you and him start to develop again in relationship. And it's like he breathes new life into you again. But it's always been there. He's just resurrecting what you forgot because you've been walking by yourself like you're an orphan. You forgot that he's with you and he's in you. He's your father. He's with you in everything that you do. But he doesn't just want you to understand that, you know, in theology. He wants you to know that relationally where you experience it for yourself, where it becomes tangible. It becomes real. It becomes something you can testify of because it's something that's a reality to you. Not to what you hear me saying, but to what you've developed in your life and your heart. Amen. And the father wants us to just respond again, respond, not religiously, but relationally, because it's that relationship. Like, do you guys know what relationship is? Do you know what intimacy is? Do you know what intimacy looks like? Like, you, you got to put this down, like you, you got to put this down because this is an intimacy killer, not only in your relationships with everyone in this room, but with the father. He doesn't fellowship with you through this. Amen. He needs you to put it down. He needs you to unplug a little bit. This last week, I had the privilege because I've been traveling a lot. I was in Portland, Oregon about a week and a half ago when that, that, that snow came in. And man, the airports were shutting down. I'm sure y'all were getting hit here, but it was cold over there. But I was gone for a week and I came back in and I had the privilege to take all of my girls out on individual dates. My four-year-old, my seven-year-old, and my wife. And I made sure that I carved out time for all of them individually 
where we went out to a restaurant and we sat down and I put the phone away and I looked, listen, I looked at my four-year-old and I had a conversation with her and I made sure that she understood I was interested in her. And let me tell you something. I know that she could tell I was. And she was just glowing with that. Like my daddy's into me. Like he, he's interested in what I have to say right now. And we had these really deep conversations and she was like, daddy, what is death? (laughs) What is death? You're four. Like, (laughs) and I did that with Mila, my seven-year-old. And then I did that with my wife and our relationship grew because we had communion face to face and there was interaction with no distractions. You guys hear me? Well, what do you think intimacy with the Father is? Where do you think communion came from? He wants you to look at Him, not only face to face, but it's deeper than that. He's not just outward where you could see Him here. He's in you. He's with you. you, you he's closer to you than when a husband and wife come together and the two become one. Y'all know what I'm saying? In the Spirit and in the flesh. He's closer. Like he, he's with you and he's in you. There's an intimacy that he wants you to unlock that can grow to where it's the most amazing thing. You'll never feel loneliness when you tap into this. And do you know that loneliness is what's driving all of us, all of us into our bad decisions, the sin habits? Yeah, the sin habits, the lust issues, the the things that we get into that we shouldn't get into. The only reason you're driven into that is because you still feel a void inside that you're alone and you need something to fix it. And it's it's a drive that could only be quenched when you get alone with the father and you realize that he's in you. He's with you. He's not going to leave you and you develop in that and then you start to grow a confidence that you do not have to go back into those things because loneliness starts to get crushed in you. Amen. And I feel that that the Lord wants us to know that and you grow in degrees in that. It's not a one and done. It's as you go through your life, you need to to constantly be in that place with him where you never forget. He's your father and he's with you. Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. What did he come to do? He came to bring us to the father. No man comes to who? The father. Amen. The father. He brings us to the father and he introduces us into this relationship where according to John 17, you're in him and he's in you and you are one. You're inseparable. You're like this. And that's a reality and a revelation that exists in each and every one of you. But it's a reality and a revelation that much and most of you don't know. Amen. Just let me say it. Amen. And it's amazing to me that you don't know that because it's breathing inside of you. It's alive. Like it's there, whether you see it or believe it or not, he's there and, and he's there to be with you relationally in everything that you do in this Christian walk from the job that you work to the relationships that you have to all the down, weak, tired and lonely moments that you have. He is the one that you're going to find is the source for that. It, it's never going to be your spouse or your kids or what you think you need outwardly. It's always going to come from the inside inwardly from him. And if you don't get it from him, you're always going to be looking for something else to fill you. Always. And he wants to crush that. And that's the place where you want to talk about being supernatural. That's the that's the landing strip for you to just succeed in this thing. 
But if you don't have that, my friends, you don't have nothing. I don't care how well you could prophesy. I don't care what you do to reach the world. If you don't know him, if you don't know him, because knowing him is going to produce something and it's called love. Amen. And if you don't know him, what are you doing? Because this whole thing is about him. But he wants you to know that, that he's in you and you're in him and you're one. Do you know, there's 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 so many things I've walked through in my life. And there's so many times I've hit. You guys ever hit those those feelings where inside you just feel like something's off and you're lacking something? You guys know what I mean? There's just this this emptiness and you're like, and you hit those moments and, and everything just is not craving. It's not satisfying. And no matter where you look, you're just drinking from an empty cup. And it's like I've gone through that in many seasons of my life and I've only ever found the answer. When I've gotten alone with him again. And me and him start to commune and he just works again in that place that no one sees. And there's something that he builds in me in those moments where it's just it's amazing because when you go through it again and you hit those things, they don't control you anymore. And Jesus doesn't want us to be controlled by our emotions. Man, if if. I see pictures of how a lot of us are emotionally when no one's looking. And it's like, man, it's a scary thing sometimes. You know what I'm saying? The way we act and react and treat each other and and our emotions grip us so strong. And and we just we don't know how to walk in love. But Jesus wants us to know how to walk in love. And my friends, you know the answer, but I feel like, you know, the answer from a very religious perspective. And he wants to tweak that. He wants you to pursue him as father. And he wants you to grow in that relationship. And he that's where you hear his voice. And listen to me, he's not withholding it. It's not like he's just saying, I don't want to talk to you. You don't hear his voice because you don't know the father. But once you know the father, he's talking all the time. He's your dad. Like, and he's not just talking to you about other people. He's talking to you about what you need, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. Where, what, what are you, you know, where are you going? What, what, and he wants to be involved in all of that. And he wants to guide you beyond a guide. He wants to be your father. Amen. Like he's not just like a hunting guide that you, you know what I'm saying? Like we're going hunting or fishing and you hire that person and they lead you to the spot. That's how a lot of us think like he's going to lead you to the one that you need to pray for. And then bop, you get him and then you leave and then he's, he's gone. He's not hiring you for a service and you're not hiring him for a service. He's with you and he's in you everywhere that you go. It's not a, a temporary thing that you do. Like it's a revelation that you grow in that should consume your whole life. And it changes everything. And when you start to realize he's with you and he's in you and you really love him, that's when your life starts to really clean up. Because, you know, you don't want to disappoint your father. Amen. And you start to make decisions based on man. I want to please my father, not your God. He's gone. He's gone beyond God. Listen to me. He's your father. He is God, but the revelation of the New Testament was to reveal the Father, Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life said no man comes to the Father, but by me. And coming to the Father was not at the end of your life. Coming to the Father was the moment you got born again. 
And that's when that relationship was supposed to grow and develop. And, and Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And he's paralleling these pictures to unborn again people. And the moment you're saved, the moment, that's when you can hear your father's voice. That's when you could tap into that intimacy and grow in that relationship and see him. And how much he loves you and how he, he's not disappointed. You know, when you're convicted of sin, it's not because God's disappointed in you. It's because he's reminding you who you are. Amen. It's not because he's like, oh, man, you missed it again. Like, you, you pathetic child. You know, like, you're so stupid. Like, when are you going to get it right? You know what I'm saying? Like, the men laugh at that because that's how we think in our head. We're critical on ourselves. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, boy, get it together. Like, but he's not doing that. He convicts you of his love that reminds you that he paid for you when you were yet in sin. Before you had it together, he loved you. He saved you in that position so that he'd be with you while you're going through everything to help grow you into being more than a conqueror. Amen. And he wants us to know this and to see it. Man, some of you are so disappointed in yourselves right now. And you're hearing all these voices telling you how bad you are. How disappointed God is with you. How much you've let people down and yourself down and your kids down and everyone around you. And I'm telling you, that is not the voice of Jesus. That is a demon that's speaking in your ear. And he's trying to discourage you so much to where you just give up and you don't even try. It's not the voice of your father. It's the voice of your father is going to encourage you and he's going to help develop and grow you. Amen. And this critical demon spirit's been talking to a lot of you and it's just constant. And, and you're, so, you're so in tune with how much you are basically a failure. you know. And it's anti-language of the gospel. It does not originate in the heart of God or in this New Testament. This New Testament will shout at you what the blood of Jesus has provided. If you ever take enough time to really read the whole New Testament, amen? And I'm challenging you there a little bit. If you ever really sit down and read what it says about you, how much the father loves you, how much he did everything he can to present you in a position that you're holy and blameless and unreprovable in his sight. You know, that's in the Bible, right? That as a born again Christian, it says you're holy right now. Everybody say I'm holy. See, this is what the blood of Jesus provided. You're holy and you're blameless. Most of you can't receive that. Because most of you know all of the things that you did this last week that you shouldn't have done. And that just bounces like a poop and it just falls on you. Not me, man. Like, and then you think this, if I ever get it right, I'll be there one day. And as long as you live there, you'll never know what the New Testament provided for you. Because it was the blood of Jesus that allowed you to become a son of God by grace, a daughter of God by grace. Amen. And he brings you to the father and he presents you to the father as holy and blameless and unreprovable, which means you're unmovable in his sight. If you continue in that faith, most of us don't even know that faith and walk in it. But that's the faith of the gospel. Amen. And that's how he sees each and every one of you. You're his beloved children that he paid for with his blood. So when he looks at you, he's like, man, that's Zach. My butt. He's like a prayer warrior. 
That's how the father sees Zach. Yeah, but you say, well, and I'm just picking on him. Don't, don't think I'm speaking prophetically or anything. But well, well, Zach hasn't prayed the last six months. It doesn't matter. The father sees Zach as a prayer warrior because that's what the blood of Jesus paid for. It made him that through grace. Amen. And he's supposed to see that and respond to that. And then when Zach starts to walk it out and start to be that strong prayer warrior, he can't be like, man, I'm so much stronger than you, buddy. Like, I'm so much strong. He can't do that because it's the grace of God in him that's giving him that ability. Amen. And it's what allows us to actually grow up into him. We're not super Christians. No one's better than the other. You all have the same thing, the same standing, the same opportunity is available to each and every one of you. The question is, are you going to see it and believe it and do something with it? Ephesians says this, that you were sometimes darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. My friends, you're light right now, whether or not you send before you came into this meeting. Amen. 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 We need to get this because if you want to crush sin, you'll never do it unless you understand your identity changed. Your, your position changed like you're no longer this. You're now this. People say the gospel is a paradox. No, it doesn't contradict itself. It describes perfectly and permanently who you are. And you're supposed to see that and believe it and then take steps and walk in it. Amen. But these are these are uh, uh, the the love language of how the father sees you that, that this is what the blood of Jesus paid for that at one time you were darkness and but now you're light in the Lord right now this is what the present reality says about you that Romans 5 says that you now have peace with God through the blood of Jesus amen so that means that you're at peace with God right now that he's not looking to war against you even if you made a mistake this last week, he's not sitting there like, well, now you're on my wrath side. <laughs> and I'm just waiting to just unleash it on you to just judge you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying? You have peace with God. It's been settled that as a Christian, through the blood of Jesus, you have peace with God. And he loves you. And he sees you that way right now. That when he looks at you, he's not, oh, that's that wayward child that's warring against me. He sees you and says, I'm at peace with you because that's what the son paid for. Amen. Romans six. Should you continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Do you not understand that you so thoroughly died to sin? That when Jesus looks at you right now, he doesn't see you through all your mistakes and everything that you're doing. He sees you as being dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. And he's trying to get you to believe and see that revelation. And if he could ever get you to see it and believe it, that's when you're going to put off the old man and walk in the new man. Most of us are still trying to put off the old man in our own strength by checking off this list of all of our problems. And when we finally get all the things out of our life that we know we shouldn't be doing, then we will be righteous and holy before him. That's not the way it works, because if that's the way it works, then that means you are actually doing it through your own strength and ability. Amen. Are you guys following me? Amen. That's why he made you the answer before you have ever changed. Before you had a, a when you got saved, before you had a, a, a thought to even change. Boom, you were made righteous and holy through the blood of Jesus. And he made that who you were from the beginning so that you could see it and then start to take the steps in it and walk it out. But what you already are is what you are. It's not what you're going to become in the future. It's the reality of what's living in you right now. Amen. 
Amen. I just gave a really strong riddle there, but it was packed with a lot of power. And if we could see that, listen, this is how the father sees you. He loves you. He's so in love with you. He wants you to see how much he loves you, how much you're at peace with him, how much he's changed you by the blood of Jesus, how much he's put you in a position to receive the love of the father and grow in that revelation and intimacy. According to Romans eight, the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, it has made you free completely and totally 100 percent free by the law of the spirit of life in Christ It made you free from the law of sin and death. Completely and totally and 100% free right now. Right now, whether you believe it or not, right now, you are completely and totally and 100% set free from sin. Amen? I mean, y'all should all be shouting right there. Amen? That well, But you say, yeah, but my problems. Yeah, but what I do. But why do I think like this? You think like that because you can't see who you are. If you could see how the Father sees you, you're going to change. He changes your perspective when you realize how good he is, how much he loves you, how easy he really made this because it is really easy. But most of us overcomplicate it because we don't go to him in relationship. We go to him with trying to work things out in a very legalistic manner and we try to get our lives in order. And we think finally, when my life is in order, he's going to accept me. My friends, he accepted you the moment you were saved. And he wanted you to respond in grace with obedience by the might that he gave you. It's not your own strength. It's the might that comes from above. It's grace from on high. It's what you need in this life to overcome. Amen. And it crushes everything from porn addictions to lust addictions to spending habits to gossip to all the things that we can't seem to bridle and get under control as many times as you've tried. It doesn't matter. You need the grace of God. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that that's in you. He loves you. He lo- he's so in love with you. It says in Ephesians 2 that, that God, wherein with his great love, wherein he has loved us, you know, this great love that he had. And it says wherewith he loved you with it. And it's all through the New Testament how much he loves you, how much he sees you right now as his sons and daughters. Unless you're not saved, but I'm, I believe I'm talking to a bunch of saved people. Amen. Amen. Are y'all born again? Amen. If you're born again, he's with you and he's in you and he loves you. And listen, he might get stern with you at times like a good father does, and he will convict you. But conviction is the love of God in action. It's 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 what proves that you are not an illegitimate child. So if you are a Christian without conviction, you're not saved. Says the Bible says you're a bastard. You guys know what a bastard is, right? It's an illegitimate son. An illegitimate son, it means they don't know who the father is. So when you feel convicted in your heart, that is proof that you have a father. It's not condemning. It's not judgment. It's not, hey, get it right. Finally, my my displeasing son. It's proof that he's your father and he loves you and he's convicting you and he's trying to grow you up. Amen. And all we have to do is yield to that conviction. I've talked a lot about that when I've come through here. Y'all know what I'm saying. And I'm sure Pastor Roberta has, I'm sure many people have, that when you respond to the grace that's working in your life with obedience, you're, wa- you're walking out your salvation. But you don't do anything to change yourself. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts you. You can't go internal and try to find what's wrong with you. He does that for you. Amen. And when he convicts you, you have one job. Just say yes, Father. 
Yes, you love me. Wow, you just showed me where I'm making a mistake. I'm going to correct that. And then you start to walk with him. And it's so simple and it's so easy. And it's not condemning and it's not judgmental. And you know what? You could make that same mistake like 10 times and he's still going to show up the same way and say, I love you. Hey, this is wrong. You don't have to do this. Amen. Amen. All you have to do is change your mind and say, yes, father, and respond. But even when you're making those mistakes, he never leaves you. He'll never forsake you and he's with you. Amen. And you need to believe that because it's when you're in the muck and the mire and you see how much he loves you, that your heart can then say he's good. And that goodness starts to draw you to repent and your behavior starts to change because you see how good he is and how much he loves you. You guys listening to me. I'm talking a little bit different to y'all this time. I'm not being as fiery and I feel like the Holy Ghost has a plan and he's trying to, he's trying to, you know, I don't, I don't like preaching like this, but I'll go with it. Amen. I like to be a little bit more kicky in the gut. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. (laughs) But he loves you. And and some of you have such a, 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 just a low self-esteem when it comes to the gospel because of how much you failed. And some of you with these these perverted lust issues, like the way that you see yourself is like one of the most perverted people on planet Earth. And it's so far from how heaven sees you right now, right now. The father's looking at you like, oh, no, that's my son. That's my daughter. Yeah, but you don't understand the crazy perverted thoughts that are going up. No, no, no. He's like, that's my son. That's my daughter. Are you guys hearing me? No, but you don't know how twisted I am up here. No, no, no. He's like, that's my son. That's my daughter. Man, I love them. And he's literally like all of heaven. Like, hey, hey, that's my son. That's and I'm sure up in heaven. There's like they're like, whoa, that them them. He's like, that's right. Them. I sent my son for them because I wanted them to be in relationship with me. And you're like, yeah, but you don't understand how I feel about me. It doesn't matter how you feel about you. You need to know how God feels about you. Your feelings will trick you and lie to you and take you to a place that is very demonic. They are not your gospel. This word is, amen? And this word defines how he sees you even when you're making mistakes so that you could grow up into that and stop making the mistakes, amen? But I'm telling you, I feel this. Some of you in here with these really, these big issues, you know? (laughs) I'm laughing because I've been there, my friends. And I was afraid, like I'd go to church and I'd be like, oh my God, like you're like, Pastor Roberta's going to expose me today. <laughs> like You're like so afraid because you're like, she's just going to call me up in front of everyone and be like, just reading my dirty laundry, you know? And I, I'm telling you, the father loves you. He's not trying to expose you. He's trying to get you to receive his love. So you change. It's all he's interested in. And it's all through love. It's not through judgment. And he's not sitting there like, well, if, if I'm giving you one more chance, you got one more shot at this. And if you don't get it tomorrow, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, you might get in a car crash or something crazy might happen. You know, you know how we think it's really stupid. Amen. It's really stupid. Amen. We're like, oh, well, I'm going to I got this cold, you know, probably that's really stupid. Amen. He loves you. He's not sitting there playing games and saying, well, they made 10 mistakes and now I got to give them COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's stupid. Not only did he forgive you of sin when you were saved, but he healed you. Listen to me. He healed you the moment you were born again. That is when healing was provided for you. 
As a Christian, you were totally healed from within. And that was supposed to manifest outwardly. So when you get sick as a Christian, don't ever blame God for it. It's not him that's doing it. He wouldn't change his mind that quickly when he decided to send his son so that not only would he bear your sin, but he would bear your sickness. Amen. And I feel like if we understood that as Christians, a lot of us would be healed a lot quicker. He loves us. He's not teaching you something to to, oh, I'm sick and the Lord's humbling me. No, he's not. But we understand that because we're so critical in how we viewed God because we don't know the father. And if you can't see it in the life of Jesus, I promise you, it's not in the life of the father. Amen. And what did Jesus do? He went about doing what? Doing good. Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And it doesn't say whether they were sinful. He just healed them. Amen. Because he loved them. Amen. And the father loves us. And he's not sitting there waiting for us to finally go so far. You know, he's just waiting to where you just you're, you're so close to the line. And he's like, as soon as they cross that line, I'm kicking them out of the family. You know, we finally got them. <laughs> Do you know we think like that? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Because that's not even in his heart. He's not trying to run people out of the gospel. He sent his son to save us. Like he lit. Like, do you do you understand? Like, I have children. I'm not at the place in my life where I would give any of my daughters to save you. Amen. You guys hear what I'm saying? Like, if it's you or my daughter, I'm going with my daughter right now. Amen. But God decided to send his son to save all of us. Like. And he hasn't changed his mind about that decision. Like he made that decision so set in stone and it proved how serious he is about us. Trust me, a few mistakes that you make is not going to change his mind. He loves you. But it's that consistency that you'll see that's going to change your heart because it melts you. Listen to me. It's that goodness of God that's melted me when I was in disobedience People were trying to get it across to me. I remember those days, you know, and everybody's praying for you. And everybody's like, man, like, there's no hope, you know. And we're, and, and, and we're just hoping somebody's just going to just rebuke you or whatever, you know. And, and, and it's the love of God that you find in that place that's so consistent. It never changes. And that just melts your heart. And you start to say, God, you're good. I'm sorry. And that I'm sorry turns into him transforming you and you start to change. Amen. Are you guys listening to me? I know this ain't too fiery. Are you hearing me? And I feel like heaven just wants you to know that Jesus loves each and every one of you. And he sees, he sees the last year or two years or four years for some of you of how, how terrible you've been at spending time with him. (laughs) How inconsistent you've been at reading your Bible when you know you were supposed to and and, and all these things that you know you were supposed to do. He sees all of that. And he's standing right now and saying, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I want you to walk with me today, right now. Forget the past. Today is the day of salvation. And he just wants you to pick it up with him and start walking today. And, he, and, and not even put a, don't even put a time stamp on that. Just pick it up and start with him today. Don't try to overachieve. Well, because I didn't pray the last four years, I'm going to do four hours a day. Don't try to overachieve. Let him guide you into relationship. All you have to do is submit. Father, I'm going to walk with you today. What does that mean? You're going to take time to spend with him today. Amen. 
I don't care if it's one minute, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, six hours. That's not relevant. What's relevant is you start to say yes. Amen. And as you start to say yes, that yes is going to blow flames on the fire that's inside your heart and it's going to grow. And the more that it grows, the more you're going to say yes, the more you're going to say yes, the more consistent you're going to get, the more consistent you're going to get, the more in love with him you're going to get, the more in love you are with him, the more prayer is not even a question. You do it because you want to. It's not your duty or something you have to do because you're a Christian contending for revival. You do it because you love him. Amen. And that's only found where you cultivate that between you and him. You cannot live off my prayer life. I could tell you exactly what I do every day. And some of you would be condemned by it. Some of you might be inspired. Some of you might try to compare and do it. That is not going to produce life for you. What's going to produce life is when you get alone with the father for yourself. And you and him start to develop your relationship. And you know how you're taught really well. You pray in tongues. You spend time in worship. You read this word. You talk to him. You have questions. You speak to him. You, you cultivate that place. But you don't do it because you have to. You don't do it because, man, you know Pastor Roberta is going to preach on it again. And you're going to be so convicted because you haven't been doing it. You know, you do it because the Father loves you. And he's drawing you into that. And he's saying, come. And you're like, yeah, but I've been such, I've been like a totally F student. Doesn't matter. Today is the day of salvation. Come. All you got to do is say yes. Respond. Say yes. That's all you got to do. And then let him grow the flame of intimacy in you. All it takes is one yes to turn into a whole lifetime, my friends. You get alone with him and you let that start to grow and develop. And let it be personal. And if you feel like you need to talk to him about some of your mistakes, get, just do it and get over with it already. Like just bear it all, let the tears flow and then forget about it. Move on. Don't live there because he's not living in yesterday. Yesterday is what kills all of our futures and presents because we think we could do something about it and you can't. He's the only one that can redeem the time, but he does that when you start to walk with him today. Amen. He never asked you to make up what you didn't do yesterday. He will give you a fresh instruction for today. It might be the same instruction, but it applies for today. And all he wants you to do is say yes. And it's his blood and on the mercy seat that's making that available for all of us. But I feel his longing so strong for each and every one of us. And man, it's, it's so practical. Like, like well, what, where do I start? Like, just, just open your Bible and start to read it. Like... Well, I don't know where. Don't let that talk you out of it. Open your Bible and start to read it. Amen. It sounds very basic and, and I understand that. But man, some of you need to start this. And I feel the Lord calling you back into this. Well, I can't pray in tongues for an hour. That's great. Pray for 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes of intimacy. It's not a time clock. He's not looking at how much time you spend. He's looking at your life and he wants your life, your life. Amen. Ten minutes is supposed to turn into the next 70 years or however many more years you have. As long as you have breath in your lungs, man, you should be pursuing Jesus till the day you go be with him. It doesn't have an end goal. You know that, right? That's our biggest mistake is putting an end goal for our prayer life. Well, we're going to pray and have revival. That's great. We're going to pray and believe. That's great. We're going to. Yeah, but what happens when you see those things? Do you need to pray anymore? Well, what's the purpose of prayer? It's fellowship. What's the purpose of fellowship? Getting to know the one that created you. Amen. 
the one that loves you, the one that birthed you from his own DNA because you're born of him, amen? Prayer is intimacy and intimacy is never going to end even when we go be with Jesus. Now I understand we set our mark on things, but your mark should be him. And if your mark's not him, you're not going to be very consistent. Consistency comes when your eyes stay on Jesus and on Jesus only. Amen? Let's all stand.